0: Madrasa on A. Oh, 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 oh.
1: alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakat. and welcome back on this beautiful monday afternoon with your program madrasa on air of course developing islam in me i'm your host yasmina peterson along special guest in studio none other than sheikh ibrahim abrams and we are going to be up in your company up until four o'clock inshallah So now i'm going to be handing over to my guest in studio sheikh alaikum. how are you
0: Wa alaikum as wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, mashallah, fine and Yasmina,
1: and Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, I can't complain. Shukran, so much once again for collaborating on this program and also for being into the studio. We're moving on to our very first segment of the program, and that is, of course, Knowing My Lord, and that is where Sheikh will be recapping from where Sheikh stopped on Thursday. We were still. In the essence of Nabi, Nabi Yusuf, Yusuf alayhi salam. Sheikh Bismillah.
0: Shukran JazakAllah Khair. bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi wa dhu wa salamu ala mala Nabi baghd. Rabb sharah li sadri wa li amri wa hulu al-ubdetam lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma aalimna bima yanfa'una w mfagna bima allamtana wa ruzkna al-maniad al-jalal wal-ikram. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah to our listeners out there. Um, if we probably, if you don't mind, we probably starting with our first segment and Knowing My Lord And allow me to say, that let us make our dua at the beginning of this program Insha'Allah, can we all put our hands together A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Was-salatu was-salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin Sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو وفعف عنا اللهم إن نسأل كرذاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العادمين اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها يا رب العالمين يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقينا أذب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا محمد وسلم سبحان ربك رب عما يصفون وسلام على والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله ان اولاس program of people if you do not mind we were dealing with uh, knowing my Lord, and remember we uh, we are still busy in the segment of having to develop a sense of uluhiyyah in ourselves, right? And we we've dealt with the issue of rububiya of the Allah as knowing Allah as a Rab, but having to know Allah as the Ilah. And our response to that may allah grant khair and barakah, we have looked through the life of some of the Ambiya, and we've been lost to the life of Nabi Yusuf we've looked at the things that happened to him in his life until the moment where he met up with having to be able to be taken out of the jail having been in jail and now he's been taken out of the jail and being given the responsibility of being the leader of the people and having to look after the fact that whatever is the needs of the of the public, um, the social welfare of the people of the people of of Egypt, and he Nabi Yusuf had to do, play that role, and it so now happens that he from there onwards meets up with that process of having to do with that, and how he got out of the jail because of the freedom that he got from the the king that gave him that. So yes, alhamdulillah, I think that is where we've gone to. We now will move on from that angle on with the, with the last part of the life of Nabi Yusuf, just to be able to indicate what has happened to him and how he responded to certain things, right? <coughs> okay, what then happened after that is Allah granted the fact that there's other people of other areas was also being affected by the drought of the time, and there wasn't things growing in the areas. And Nabi Yusuf, being Allah placed him in charge of this place here. Many people from many areas went to visit to be able to see how can they interact with the people that is rich or has the ability to be able to, to look after the development of the people in their place that is in Egypt, and they can also help for other people. And so the neighboring countries, the neighboring people, came by to be visit there to be able to see what they can do. And Allah granted the family of Nabi Akub, himself, his sons, who's now big boys, they, they have families themselves, they need to travel to go off to Egypt to be able to see how they can actually bring about what the the, the process of having to serve themselves and look after them themselves as well. right? And Allah granted the process is there for the fact that Allah granted that Nabi Yusuf was now the person in charge and the boys came to visit Nabi Yusuf, not knowing that this is, this is their brother Yusuf. And then they came and they saw the good qualities of this person, and they fell in love with this man for who he is, to the extent that when he spoke to them about hearing of who the the farm family is and who they have, he said to them, which is Yusuf said to them, if you don't mind, next time you bring your brother along, I'd like to meet up with him, and Uh, seeing that you say to me everybody came but besides him now bring him along and then they went back home and they told their father of this idea but they thought they couldn't just tell the father this because it's going to be uncomfortable and they thought of a plan they said to their father if you don't mind dad this people the, the, the king of this place is such a wonderful man he's requested us but he's also not taken the goods that we've taken to them to pay them for what we're going to get. He gave us everything free of charge and he gave us back our own things. As if we could use it for a second or a third time. But he also indicated that if we bring along our brother, then we can have another uh, a camel which was m- that can carry more things. So more goods can come our way, dad. And then... They persisted and persuaded the dad and the dad reminded him i'm afraid that you will handle him the way you handled yusuf and so uh, but this is also the reason why the brothers wasn't so keen of telling this to the father straightforward. but then they accepted the father accepted it and says uh, and they made an agreement with him he said if you can make the agreement with, with me that you will not do what you've done to Yusuf and that you will not allow... And you'll take every sense in respecting him like a norm of your own and take the responsibility that if he's gone or he something done that happens with him, it happens with you, and you make an oath with Allah. He says to them, make an oath with Allah, right? And they then accepted all of them to be able to make the oath with Allah and them, or they made the oath with their father... And they took Allah's witness to that oath. And thereby they were now going to carry out love. But the reality is, when it came to Yusuf, they had the intention to do their things. With the other brother, they didn't have any negative intentions, but they now had to take him with. When they took him with to Nabi Yusuf, and the issue happened, we said, that Allah granted it as such, that the king then, which was Nabi Yusuf, who was in charge of the social welfare for the people, that these people, the the, 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 the children of Nabi Haqub came to be able to, to, to meet up with him. They they thought uh, he's such a good man and he's interacting with the family and when he saw the young son, um, he spoke to him and they had intimacy with him, but he had a, a private chat with him and he said to him privately, if you do not mind whatever that's what going to happen here, please play the matter off with us Because we're doing something. But let me tell you, there's something that you don't know. I need to expose this to you. I am your brother Yusuf. So he told his younger brother. He told his younger brother. He says, I'm your brother Yusuf. Your other brothers don't know this. And please do not inform them.
1: The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in your program, Madrasa on Air, Developing Islam in Me. The time is now 20 past 2. And we break for Azza. When we come back, we'll continue on our segment, Knowing My Lord. Stay tuned.
0: The Alimdad Foundation has launched its new Vision for Life clinic to service the basic eye care needs of the poor and needy, enabling them to enjoy a better quality of life. Our clinic provides a comprehensive eye exam and dispenses spectacles at no cost to those in need. You can support this program by sponsoring a full treatment package, including spectacles for 430 Rand. The Vision for Life Clinic is situated at the Alimdad Foundation's Durban offices at number 421 Moses Kortani Road. Visit alimdad.com or call 0861 786 243 for more information.
1: Did you know that getting your child to help out in the kitchen can improve their maths marks? Ask your child to sort, weigh and measure things. Cut sandwiches into shapes. Triangles and squares will do. Measure out quarter, half and three quarter cups of flour or sugar. Let your child make a shopping list or budget and make maths fun. Let's make education better. The Western Cape Education Department. Better together.
0: Of empowering humanity, 30 years of inspiring and educating, 30 years of providing dignity, 30 years of making a difference. Africa Muslims Agency commemorates 30 years and we thank you for alleviating the plight of the needy since 1987. Africa Muslims Agency, inspiring the spirit of giving. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Madrasa on air.
1: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa On Air with myself Yasmina Peterson along in studio with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Do you know that you can send through your questions on the number 072-238-0712 alternatively send through an SMS to 47913. We are in our first segment being Knowing My Lord I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue. Sheikh Bismillah. Bismillah
0: ar-Rahman ar-Rahman. for that one, Yasmina. Um, just before the break, we were on the area, the position of knowing my Lord through having to look at what happened in the life of Nabi Yusuf and what happened with his brothers, with him. And we were at the point where he, we brought, said that he brought, they brought their brother with and the father's given permission and he's made an agreement with him and they've accepted through the agreement and yet now so happens that um, Nabi Yusuf deals with the brother And interacts with him and tells him, please do not inform your brothers that I am your brother, and they do not know. I've picked that up that that they don't know that I'm Yusuf. Um, uh, 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 But let me tell you, I am your brother Yusuf, and I know everything about the family and all that. And I was happy to hear about my father and all the things, and that's why I've called for your presence to come here. So what Nabi Yusuf did, Nabi Yusuf planned the whole matter with the other with his people um, to be able to create an environment where. Somebody has done injustice by having to steal the goblet of the king, and they didn't really do that. It was all a planned. Matt, and a lot of the that this was for Nabi Yusuf, and then before they had, after they had all their food and all their things, and they they, they were ready to leave, and the the, the 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 luggage was given to them, whatever it was. There was a statement made by one of the people of the king who said. If you do not mind, the, we find that there's thieves amongst you. Somebody who steals. Somebody who has stolen the goblet of the king. And then they said they are not thieves, and they didn't come here for any of such reasons. They came here for the pure reason to be able to be, be, be uh, to sell and to buy. And they found that the people were good people. Uh, so uh, um, they didn't come here for any injustice or any wrong. So the the person from the king's side said, "If you do not mind, we would love to 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 test to test your luggage, your personal luggage, that which is not not the ones that we've given you, but the personal luggage that there is. And if we find in the in any of you your baggages, if we find in the the the, the possessions of the king, then that person must be punished. And it was structured in the advice of Allah in the Holy Quran that it was structured in such a way it was put in the personal luggage of the the younger brother and so then when they went through the the, the the luggage they went through the luggage the personal luggage of each and every one of them and they started from the eldest to the youngest and obviously it was not found at anybody from the uh, from the eldest one but when they got to the luggage the personal luggage of the youngest brother they found it in there and when they found it in there, they said, okay, if it's found in him, then they must be able to take him to the king. And the king must so sort out for him and have been punished or may have been banished. Or, or, or because he's a thief, he must be uh, put into jail. And so suddenly when they heard that, they realized, wow, what happens now? And then they, they made an issue. They said, but... Uh, uh, we see you as a good man He has an old man as a father at home Would you mind uh, 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 Could you take any one of us So the people of the king said Take anyone besides him But he is a thief But how can we take somebody else in his place We cannot punish somebody else If he has done the injustice uh, 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 That puts it uncomfortably Until they got to Nabi Yusuf And they spoke to Nabi Yusuf about it And they offered Nabi Yusuf the processes And Abu Yusuf said to them, under no circumstances, we are not going to do that. We're not going to take anybody else. You see that you carry out, it's your brother. If you want to get your message off to your father, let him understand what's happening. Um, And and let's see what's going to be the outcome of that. The eldest brother said to his other brothers, if you don't mind, I feel so bad about this. If you don't mind, you go home and you can tell dad or whatever, but I am not going to leave the place here, not until I get my brother with me. I've made a promise with my dad, and you, all of you, we made the promise. And this time we made the promise using Allah as our witness, and we are, I am not going to break that promise. I'm staying here, I'm not leaving, but you go home. You take whatever there is that you can, you go to our father, you can inform him of the fact and what has happened. But then they said to Nabi Yusuf, some of them said to Nabi Yusuf, if he is a thief, if he's been the thief he is told, then his his brother older than him, and they didn't know who they were speaking to, has been a thief prior. Nabi Nabi Yusuf knew who they were referring to. Who were they referring to? They were referring to Yusuf. To that brother that they had is Yusuf. And they, they just they just placed things as lies onto him. And they knew that the Yusuf had never ever stolen in their lives. Neither in the life. And there's no proof of they, them knowing what's happened to him in his life other than that. But the Yusuf knows this. And Allah says, when the Yusuf got this news from them, he was feeling the pain of the fact of who this brother is. As if to say, they have not changed as yet. They haven't fully changed. Now, Allah allowed this all to happen to Nabi Yusuf in the experience so that he can actually have his uluhiya at that moment was the fact that he had to bear the uncomfort when he heard it from them. He had it from having to be told lies in his face while they didn't know they were speaking to him. They made reference to him in his face, but they didn't know they were making reference to him in his face. They thought they were making reference of him, only thinking that he is not there to be able to defend himself. Subhanak. And they didn't mind and care how far have they gone to lie under the circumstances, which unfortunately was not fair. Um, Subhanak. La wa la illa, the eldest brother said, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. I'm not going away. I'm waiting until my dad gives me permission to be able to return back while I turn back. But I'm other than that, no, I'm not returning back. Subhanak la hawla wa billah. It so happens that Allah granted. The the brothers left and Allah then allowed Nabi Yusuf to interact with his brother, gave the other brothers the impression that he was put into a, a, the jail, um and they accepted that he's in the jail and uh, the youngest brother and the Yusuf has spent some private time with one another in that period of time the Lord granted them. Right? And then the situation came where they where, where they went to the father and they told the father what told the father what has happened and the father said to them, Please go back. Go back. For somehow I am in force enforced that you will, when you go there, you will find your brother, the young brother, you will find your other brother, the eldest brother, and you will find Yusuf. Go back there and find Yusuf. And they went back. And when they went back, um, there was an altercation between them and Abu Yusuf, and Abu Yusuf informed them about certain things. When Abu Yusuf informed them about certain things, they said to Abu Yusuf, are you Yusuf? You're speaking as if you know the details. Are are you Yusuf? Then he said to them, I am Yusuf and this is my brother. As as to say, wow, did did it happen this way? But now they're embarrassed. And then Nabi Yusuf said to them, do me a favor. With the law law of Allah, Allah has given me the powers to be able to do what I'm asking you. Please go and fetch my dad and bring all your families along and come and stay with me. In this place where we can, uh, we, we, I don't need to send you food and things and you can stay, stay here uh, with me until such time which Allah decides for us. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah granted for the fact that they went back. But Nabi Yusuf said to them, take my clothing, take my my, my, my shirt. The shirt that I have on the other work." With take the shirt and you put it over the head of my face, on the face of my dad. And when you put it on the face of my dad, Allah will grant him his vision again and he will see and he will come to know. And subhanak la wa la quwwata illa billah. And they did that and they took it. Taking, Allah wanted to, to let us all understand the lesson of the process. Of the fact that when Allah wants something to happen, it will happen. Number two, if Allah challenges us, we must obey. We must have the patience and the severance to be able to bear Osmud Baya Balya sabaret. And Allah tells us what Allah has not done to the other people only, but to their leaders, to the Ambiya. What was the challenges on them? Like the Nabi, Nabi Yunus I mean Nabi Nabi Ya'qub, the load Allah put on Nabi Yaqub, and the severity of the pain. And when they brought the answer to Nabi Akub to tell him that this is his son is sending he, he, whilst they were coming, he says, I smell the the the, 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 the sweat of Yusuf. I smell him. He's around. So, some of the family members inside the house said to him, He's probably going through ideas, but that's it's, it's not the truth. Until the, the brothers came with the with their clothing and they threw it over the, fa- the father's face, face. And the father saw then, he, he, he could see again. And he told his the sons that truly, I knew exactly from Allah there was something happening but I didn't know the details of and Allah has granted me to be able to let you, did you understand? and then they said to him dad if you don't mind that now that everything is clear and subhanak we come to realize who you are and what type of person you are and your intimacy with your Lord Allah Ta'ala we ask you and you beg you for forgiveness of our dad and he said to them definitely I will ask Allah for forgiveness but not right now you, as if he wants to say, you need to be able to admit to your weaknesses yourself. You take responsibility for having did what you've for what you done. Take responsibility and go and seek to Allah and admit to Allah that you are sinners. Don't expect me just, yes, I'm going to ask Allah to forgive you. But you see that you take the responsibility by yourself and admitting to yourself how strong, oh, oh, how weak you are and develop yourself. And you've also seen what has happened when Allah is granting you to be able to be the reason why you banished Yusuf out of his own family's life But at the same time Allah is taking him to greater heights He's at a level that takes you and invites you to be able to come over And he's prepared to forgive you Because when Nabi Yusuf said, when they said, are you Yusuf? He says, yes, I'm Yusuf and this is my... And don't worry, he said... I have pardoned you for everything if, Like if you can find reason to seek pardon for yourself uh, I have pardoned you for that May Allah grant and barakah And Allah granted Nabi Yusuf To be able to have forgiven them And then they came back with the, their father They brought him to Nabi Yusuf And when they brought him to Nabi Yusuf And he was busy They were busy with Nabi Yusuf in the presen- uh, They came to Nabi Yusuf with their father and their families So the father said to, to Nabi Yusuf he was excited, yeah, happy to be able to meet up with his son again. And the son was equally happy to meet up with the rest of his families. And then Nabi Yusuf took his father and he wanted to place his father on, on the, 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 the the throne where his his father was. But before he could do that, his brothers and his mom and his dad went into into Jude in front of him and he said to his father, Oh my father, this is exactly the dream i had the day when i told you i had a dream and i saw my the sun and the moon and 11 stars in front of me here today i see my mother and my father and i see the 11 f- families my brothers my uh, brothers all making institute in front of me subhanak this is but uh, that uh, but this is the interpretation of that dream and now Allah allowed it to unfold, to let us understand that Allah has something in, in charge, for, in, in, in store for us. And we must be able to have the perseverance. And Abin Yusuf made dua for his parents and he asked Allah to forgive him and to forgive, him, to forgive his parents and to grant him khairan baraka. And I think that is what we want to indicate to allow us to understand how Allah has challenged the Anbiya. And whatever the challenges Allah has given them, they had to persevere for those challenges. Subhanak. May Allah grant us all to be of those who realize that there is not going to be a person on this earth. If you have challenges, if it is unbearable, if it is uncomfortable, if it is difficult, the challenges Allah has given to others it is, it is most probably 10 to 20 to 50 to hundreds of times worse than yours and mine. Start to accept yours Start to embrace your own challenge Start to realize that is the challenge Allah has given to you Part of your uluhiya That you need to show Allah's submission to Me as well All of us Whatever it is That which is mine Yours is different to mine Yours is not always the same. Part of our uluhiyya is to be able to make salah for Allah on time. Part of our uluhiyya is to be able to fulfill the duties towards Allah and respect to our beloved Prophet. Part of our uluhiyah is to carry out the laws of Allah in the Quran, to love that Quran, to see that it becomes part of our life. Part of that uluhiyya is to be able to follow the lifestyle and love the lifestyle of our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is the uluhiyya Allah has put on each and every one of us there is the collective one that's general and common and there is the specific one that Allah has given to each and every person every individual every one of us has also been given a law of that we need to work with and see that we submit to ourselves to that and accept it because Allah has given this law to all the other people and the leaders prior to us And Allah has given us this, and usually, usually the law of Allah is whatever challenge Allah gives anybody, that challenge is different to others. But that challenge Allah has prepared us for, like Allah has prepared Nabi Yusuf for the challenges that he was going to meet up with. And he has many challenges. Similarly, Allah was going to give us challenges. And we need to deal with, see how can we deal with those challenges so we can fulfill the law. And living our life in submission to Allah, for the sake of Allah, doing it. Whatever Allah has guided us to, that we believe that this challenge is not impossible, it's not too great. Allah says to us in the Quran, I've actually prepared you for that challenge. I've given you all the skill, the ability, the knowledge, all you need to do to submit to me your Lord. Carry out what you must do and then trust me that I assist you and show me you are committed to want to be at my assistance and want to fulfill what I've guided you to. And you beg of me to guide you. You don't say, no, I know what to do. I've prepared you for it, but you need to get it through me. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshaAllah. And we see how Allah has given granted the processes of Nabi Yusuf and the things that happened with him. We hope to show you some others in some other The other Anbiya insha'Allah May Allah open the path for all of us and this khairan barakah,
1: Shukran so much for that Sheikh Now we're going on to our second segment Of the program and that is I am a Muslim what is expected of me And I'll be handing over to Sheikh to recap Where Sheikh stopped on Thursday inshallah Sheikh
0: Bismillah Um In our last segment On I am a Muslim and what is expected of me we were busy in the hadith and the hadith going sallallahu alayhi wa said say to us, and And we're busy with making with going into the salah and we said to be able to perform Salah, there is certain prerequisites that must be in place before the Salah can be made. So the Salah is of no value if these prerequisites is not in place. And we were dealing with these prerequisites, and we've started off with the first one called the Istinja. Right? It normally deals with what we call the Tahara process, all the cleansing that needs to take place before, because if you are not clean, you're not Muslim. In the words of the Nabi, alayhi wasallam, he says to us, uh, iman. That uh, I've been clean as a Muslim is half of Iman. right? And so the wudu, the istinja is part of this, that you need to be able to see that you're clean. We've also shared with us the hadith that the ease of the cleaning, that the fact that the Nabi wasallam, met the stood graves in the city of Medina, we dealt with that. And we've been to the istinja and we looked at the various aspects of istinja and we said how the Nabi sallallahu has gone about to indicate to us what is the type of use that we need to see that the toilet is that we need to be able to realize that we need to look at how do we use the toilet and make use of the toilet in a very decent and respectable manner. Now, we've also indicated the process of the toilet having changed in our life today than the toilet of the yesteryear. But the rule of the toilet still stands. The implementation of the toilet still stands. If the Nabi sallallahu wa has told us not to be able to leave your dirt wherever you are in a public toilet, then more so in the toilets of ourselves. And i have speaking about the public toilet, the open toilets those days, where there was no toilet, there's no room, no space for it. And you go off for far. Uh, or you you, you don't uh, uh, abuse the, the the pathways, or you don't abuse the the, the places where people gather, like the like bus stops and things things of that nature. You don't relieve yourself at those places. It's very indecent. It's inhumane. It's not being Muslim. You are very very far from Islam. Then, and secondly, the Nabi Sallallahu wa says, "Surely Allah curses you on the feeling on the emotion of everybody else," and. Yes, you, you and I cannot stop the emotion of that person or the feeling of the smell of the dirt that you've made. That place. Same happened in our toilets, in your home. You must be able to see that you clean the toilet. You must be able to, you do not dirty the toilet. You do not leave your urine Allah on the seat. It's not humane. It's in you. as on men's look. See, men's as It's a Muslim. Now, yes, you're a Muslim. And it makes you so different, you're a billion times different than the normal human beings. But you're not even human, jy sien mens nie, jy sien onmenslik wanneer jy, jy morsig is in jou eie toilet. In your own toilet, in the toilet of the masjid, in the toilet anywhere else. It kom for vir ons toe nie. Het kom nie vir een moslim toe om morsig te wees en sy gemors vir ander mense It's te roesie. It's just un, it's unthinkable, het it's is die mond ek om te denk dat hy is een moslim persoon you and I weren't read this way. We definitely weren't read this way. Because this is human law, human nature, menselikheid sal vir jou geseer, jy was geleer hoe om dit te doen as een mens. Nou, as jy goed is, goed is nie gekryd as een jongere persoon nie, jou familie was nie moslim nie, dan het nog steeds vir jou geleer hoe om a mens te wees. They have guided you how to handle yourself as a human being. And as a human, you had to be able to to reserve and preserve yourself and to always be considerate of everybody else when you use something that is public to the use of other things, other people. Like the toilet, it doesn't belong to you, but it doesn't belong to other than you, Right? It does. It belongs to everybody So you must have a means Of always considering when you use it How do I leave it When I leave it How do I leave it for others How do I want it to be left for me How would I treat my toilet And how would I want people To treat my toilet When I want to use it So that when I use it that it can, I can benefit and I can leave it in a way That other people can also benefit from that Ya yeah, Rab May I open the path for all of us And so, not necessarily is there a curse when you do the wrong things in your toilet. But you can imagine somebody gets into your toilet. Or your, or the masjid's toilet. And you've used the toilet. And sis he sees the dirt on the the seat. He sees the dirt on the seat and, and he feels uncomfortable. This is what the Nabi says. Allah curses you. You've actually did the dirt there. Allah curses you. The Nabi says Allah curses you. And Allah's not cursing you because that person has the bad thinking of you. No, because you did the dirt. You, you left it there. You missed the toilet. So it's extremely important, people, if you don't mind. I am not here to be able to think ill of us. But if you and I cannot absorb the negativity, and to want to say this negative is a reality in our society, it spreads like wildfire. Because we do nothing. We don't give the reminders. We don't tell our children. We don't remind them daily. We should be doing that. It's our responsibility. And believe you me, if you speak to them every day a million times, you haven't spoken yet enough. It's a necessity, and if you've done that a million times and you got tired, Allah might record some reward for you, for the benefit of you reminding them, and it might be in the day when you're in your qabr. When they need to live that out and you see the noor and the baraka that comes into your cupboard simply because you've used your voice to give the reminder over and over and over again and you've never stopped and you never saw it too much for you to use your mind and to use your mouth and to be able to speak and to be able to repeat and to be able to re- to say to them over and over again the importance they are not too old nay they're never too old and they're not too rich no, they will never have enough to be able to give unto you so not matter, no matter what their status is or their position is or what wealth they have or what color they are it's not important it's all about are they true muslims are they prepared to accept the advice and are they prepared to love it may allah grant our children to be able to when you and i share the reminders that we do our duty and remember i'm not saying it's you I'm saying our life that we live in, right? And so the advice of the Nabi Nabiallahulam wants to tell us the respect of the toilet needs to always be there. And we're speaking about a public toilet, and we're speaking about the the public toilet, whatever is the public toilets are there, and our private toilets, whether it's in our home or in our room, in our own. our children first must be reminded, and we must never, ever stop reminding our families. And part of our reminder, reminders to our elderly children is the necessity so they can carry the message over to their children and it can carry on and can perpetuate until your mockiamah at cleansing and protection we wish for them the best of this dunya and the best of the Akhirah listen again to the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he says those two people in their cover are severely punished Yet Allah says to us Ku wa nara. Preserve yourself and your family from the fire of Jahannam. May Allah protect all of us inshaAllah
1: Amen inshallah. We are by our second part of the program And that being I am a Muslim What is expected of me And here I do urge you That you can see through your questions To our WhatsApp number As well as to our SMS inshallah. I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh To continue with Sheikh Stop Sheikh Bismillah
0: Shukran jazakir for that one, we were busy in, in the section of the istinja. We were dealing with the process of letting us understand the importance of the use of the toilet and we've been mentioning this for quite a few times And and, and but because of the emphasis that they need to be on and the wish and desire is that Allah protect all of us and grant us all successes ourselves and our families, all of them, inshallah. Um We've also gone to the section of the using of the toilet when we clean ourselves Uh, And in the cleaning process, we spoke about the two forms of cleaning is a dry cleaning and the wet cleaning and And we indicated that the dry cleaning was the method given to us by the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying to us we can use everything Besides the bones that there is besides the dung of animals, right? But you can use anything Like you can use leaves you can use paper We can use stone we can use any but it must be minimum three of them that we use to clean ourselves right and then recommended is that we use the, the if we have water to use water as well and if water is not available the dry cleaning is t- totally permissible in Islam there's absolutely nothing wrong so if a Muslim goes into using a toilet while there's not water and there is toilet paper he probably can use the t- tree cleaning and the advice of the Nabi sallallahu wa s- if you use the, 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 the dry processes uh, which mean you're not using fluid and water then um, then you must be able to clean the the the, the back part first, and then you clean the, the the front. If there is over enough to use of the the the, the dry things, to clean the the front there after, then use the, 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 the f- clean the front there after. The front, with reference to the fact that it is fluid itself, and fluid if fluid goes onto something that's dry, it seeps into the dryness. So it, it contaminates the whole thing, right? Um. And, and we still saw that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us about the process of cleaning, the wet cleaning and the dry cleaning. Then in the process of, of, of that, we also said that the Nabi recommended us to use the the water, if there is water, you can also use the water and the the, the, the dry cleaning collectiv- collectively in, in, in one process May right? Allah open the path for all of us There was just one aspect of the cleaning that I need to indicate And that is the advice of the Nabi wasallam And here especially with reference to our males And it's very important that our parents share this with our sons right And that the fathers actually indicates this to their children, to their sons By having to tell them how do we need to cleanse ourselves? Clean ourselves when we clean ourselves in our, especially with the males. If they, at they urine, then the process is if you see if you and I urine as a male, and we stand up after the after the, uh, we cleaned ourselves uh, with the estinger and and you just throw water over and you get up, then unfortunately in the track of the urine, the reunion track that comes from the bladder up to the the penis as before it comes out of the body in that track there is some uh, uh, water pieces in this still and if you stand up and we move our body then it seeps out of the body and it dirties the body it dirties yourself which means the stinger is not completed yet and it also means that you dirty the your underpants which is dirty and filthy then. And it means then that if you take wudu, your wudu is not accepted. It also means that if you're going to make go to the salah and make the salah, the salah is not accepted. And this is such an important aspect for our people to understand. Here the scholar says to us, please, if you don't mind, there's this, this thing in Arabic that's called the istibra. It's called in Arabic. It's called istibra. It's very, 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 very important for the males, especially. It's important for the males and the females, but more so for the males. It's equally important for the female, but the females sit and do it. And what is the istibra all about? The istibra is the fact that we breathe in and we cough. We cough. Now, do me. Do this is for everybody, if you don't mind. Put your hand on your chest and give a cough with me. <coughs> when you and I cough, <coughs> feel, feel what happens. You feel the vibration on your chest. <coughs> you feel that? Do me a favor. Take your hand now and put it just above your private parts. Put your hand above your private parts and cough again. <coughs> Do you feel the vibration that happens there? Subhanak, like that cough effect creates a vibration there. That vibration pushes the excess uh, urine from the, the tract to come out and to, to, to be relieved from the body so that you and I don't contaminate ourselves, we don't become dirty ourselves, we can clean ourselves in. So the sunnah tariqah is to be able, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has wished for us, to be able to do this istibrah process, we do the... <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> effect in the toilet. You don't rush out of the toilet. You know you cannot. You cannot clean yourself in the toilet. No, you. Nobody. None of you can clean yourselves properly if you do not do the istibra. Because as is we've been taught by our Nabi, He teaches us how to clean ourselves. He shows us and He says to us that that istibra process is then the process that we that remain in the toilet and we do the pressing effect and we we cough. <coughs> 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 And then we see, and then after that, we actually give the the, 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 the private pass a, a piercing from the behind it to come to the front to allow the last drips to come out. And you actually see the drips coming out. And you do that at least three times. And then you throw water over every time. And if after the third time there's still more coming out, you carry out to do it another time. Until the final time you see that there's nothing coming out. Now... You would want to say to me, but Pachi, how do you know this is coming out or not? I probably can advise you, you know what you do? We in the the modern era today, we use toilet paper. So you take a little bit of toilet paper and you put it into your right hand. And then you you, you do do the istibra of the private part in front. And you press uh, excess urine out of the private part. And then you put that, your clean toilet paper onto the front of your private parts. And you see how it actually has gone in there and contaminates it, fills it there. And then you do it a second time until you come to the moment where you say nothing is coming out. To let us understand what, that there is water coming out and running out after you've actually used the toilet. And then you use the water after that. And then for the final time when you saw nothing coming out and you throw water over, you know your body is clean and you have fulfilled the whole process of the stingyadhing.
1: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The voice of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in your program, Madrasa on E course developing Islam in me. Now we are in our second part of the segment still being I'm a Muslim what is expected of me and here I do urge you with regards to sending through your questions on 72 238 alternatively send through an SMS to 47913. Sheikh before I hand over for Sheikh to continue here is a few questions that came about the one via our WhatsApp line and says Assalamualaikum Warahmatullahi we were taught Nia for Istinja at an early age how However, I have attended different madrasas over the years and I have never received the teaching of the Istinja nia in any of the madrasas as I know it. I know it mentions Hadath and Istinja. Can Sheikh tell me if the Niya is valid? Now wait to Rafal Hadathi Istinja iqubuli Nawe dubuli. Cleaning. Back and front, and then also Sheikh, there's another one that came, and it says here with regards to the question on our WhatsApp line, says Sheikh, the toilet is a negative zone, and we need to do what we must and leave. But what about the dua one recites for washing the hands and the istinja, as we were taught in madrasa back in the day.
0: Shukran for those questions. Barakallahu feekum. I need to say thank you to the, the, the questioners the, the people questions. Um, uh, and I think somehow the, 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 the questions comes clear with the people's response by themselves, by saying to us, that they know that it is a negative zone. Now, no disrespect. but <coughs> probably here, I need to make it clear to our people, a niya is something that you have in your heart. A niya is not necessary a wicker that you make, and it's not necessarily a dua that you make. If you niya something, like for instance, you if you go to the to to take wudu, you need to niya for the wudu. But that niya doesn't have words. It is not in Kosa or in Zulu or in French or in Latin or even in Arabic. There's no words. It's all to do with the heart. Have is what you have in your heart. And if you are innocent and sincere with what is in the heart, then your niya is absolutely perfect. And that is all the niyas that you will ever make for anything and for everything. All of them together, you just see that your niya is you doing the thing for the sake of Allah. For what Allah and wants us to do, you're doing it for that reason, then your Niyah is 100%, 100% was probably 150% perfect. You might be saying words that you don't have any understanding what you're saying. And then you speak Kosa and French and Latin and Aubergine and anything. You don't care what language you speak. And it is absolutely wrong what you say. And is your Niyah then right? Your niyyah is all with how much you have the purity in your heart of doing the thing righteously according to Allah and His Rasul for the sake of Allah. That is Then your niyyah is most probably 150 to 200% perfect. It cannot be more perfect than that. Sometimes you add your own niyyah. Like for instance, um, <laughs> allow me to sit the little joke here. What has happened in the days when I was trying to tell people to help them? In, in then they tell me, um, yes, I've learned the niya for the for certain things, and I've made the niya for my uh, my, my. I need to go and wash myself, and they say now wait, now wait to usalli for the salah till the ghusl ghusl. Now wait to the ghusl. they say now wait to usalli for ghusl. And then you say, why do you say usalli Said, but they, uh, we were taught that way. Now I don't know whether they were taught that way or whether it became part of them, but this is how we do these things. You, We are not monkey see, monkey do. We're not supposed to be monkey see, monkey do. We learn things, and if it's little things, if you've learned something, in, there is no specific word for any niya in Islam. For any niya in, in Islam, sp- no specific words. Yes, you can you, As long as you have your heart When you do your thing You are cognizant of what you do You think of what you're doing And you allow through your heart To feel the emotion And I'm doing this for the sake of Allah According to the advice given to me by my prophet And the scholars who follow the tariqah of that prophet And then what I do is perfectly right like Your niyyah is 100 perfect So that's the difference between a niyah and a dua Or a dhikr that you make but there's not supposed to be words, so when you make a niyah for the for the for the for the for the, for the, the cleansing, yes, you need to niyah, you need to have a niyah. But the very fact that you're cleaning yourself, you must know that you're cleaning it for the sake of Allah. Or You're doing it according to what Allah and His Rasul has guided us. Then that niyah is perfect. That's totally perfect. It doesn't have words to it, if you don't mind. Like for instance, if we listen to the person who's given us the, the words and says hadathil uh, nawaitu Raf al-Hadathil al Kubuli wa Duburi. The Kubul is, is, is in front, the private part in front, when Dubur is the private part at the back. Right? So others have said to me, Nawaitu Fardal Nawaitu Raf al-Hadathil Akbar um and so forth, right? Uh, you don't need to have any of those things and Islam is not to want to add excessive things and make it uncomfortable and bearable. Yes, we have a niyyah for everything. There cannot be, there isn't anything. But the Nabi has said that. The Nabi says to us, whenever you do anything or everything in your life, you have a niyyah. But you must see that your niyya is not the wrong niyya You must make sure that your niyya is the righteous niyya That's important And the re, the niyya has got no wording to it Nowhere has... Oh, Nabi sallallahu, alayhi wa, sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us any niyyah For anything He says to us Everything in your life Every detail, every moment there is a niyyah you would, you would know that niyya You and Allah would know that niyyah alone But you see that your niyya is for the sake of Allah doing what Allah Rasul has guided you to and you do it that way then that niyyah is 100 to 200 percent perfect there is no specific terminologies must be used for niyyah your niyyah is perfectly right, right The du'a that you make. Du'as has been taught when we must be able to communicate with Allah and beg from Allah. So when, before you go into the toilet, the Nabi taught us to make a du'a. To turn to Allah consciously. We're going to speak to Allah. We're going to beg of Allah. We're going to ask of Allah. We're going to call Allah. And we're going to ask Allah to be able to keep us safe from the wrath of that negative zone. Of the filth, of the harms that can affect us in the negative zone. And there we need to ask Allah. We need to show Him we need His help. And that is not a niyyah. That is a dua, right? So the Nabi taught us to make dua. And, the, and, and, we, and we need to say that before we enter the toilet, right? And so when we're in the toilet, as to the second question, the person says, may we be able to speak? Now remember, we said, your niyyah must be something in your heart. You can have that in your heart all the time, right? But the Nabi sallallahu alaihi Wasam has taught us that we do not speak in the toilet, we do not say anything to anybody, we do not communicate with anybody, not even on the cell phone. We do not, because that is not the place where we use oh, for, for, for things of that nature. It is not to be able to have any forms of communication with anything, not even with the outside world or anybody, right? Because the negative powers in that uh, in that space that can affect us negatively and can harm us massively and many times the problems that we sit with is because we do not and uh, we do not understand the extent of the negativity and how harmful and how concentrated it is to harm us extensively and what do we see we sit with things such as uh Disrespect in homes amongst youth and, and children. Uh, we say so many things uh, drugs, uh, uh, the, every, all the wrong and negative things that can happen in the life of people. But where does this originally come from? It comes from the way that we have our link with Allah. If we recognize that we need to purify our things and live in accordance with Allah and His Rasul, then we will be protected from all the negativities, right? But it must be that we have our niyas right, and we must have our duas right that our Nabi sallallahu alaihi has taught us, and we must live in it. And if they've guided us not to be able to communicate in any form, then we do not communicate in, in, in any form, right? May Allah open the path for all of us. And so, the fact of making du'a when you come out of the toilet is a necessity which we're going to go into, inshallah. Uh, or yeah, we're going to say thank Allah, but more so the fact that you and I, when we're in the toilet to wash our hands, today's toilets are slightly different than the toilets that have been in the time of the Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
1: Shukran so much for that, Sheikh And shukran for everyone who seen through the questions You heard Sheikh in our second segment Being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me And now we're moving on to Leadership in Islam and its progression The last segment of our program Actually the last topic of our program I'll hand over to Sheikh Inshallah In terms of recapping where Sheikh Stopped on Thursday In our segment, Leadership in Islam and its progression Sheikh, Bismillah
0: Shukran, Jazakir, Khair, and Yasmina Alhamdulillah and Yasmina, before um, the break we ended off with certain aspects of, of uh, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me And uh, I felt I just wanted to mention the last aspect there Before we actually go to the next uh, segment, if you do not mind Sure It's one thing to tell our people That we need to go back to the, to the side of the, uh, um, what happens when you e- exit the toilet we have looked at that last week. We're just going to hope to deal with it quite lightly, inshaAllah. Um, and that is the fact that when you come out of the toilet, there's a specific niyyah to make. Uh, um, uh, no, um, spe- there's a specific dua that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us. And all of us as the followers of that Nabi needs to be able to see that we live that dua, inshaAllah. The words the Nabi says is, alhamdulillahi annil adha um, that is the du'a. And inshallah, we hope next tomorrow, Inshallah, to be able to cover that du'a, and we look at when you actually come and wash your hands, what du'a's to be made there. Inshallah, there was a special, beautiful duas that's recommended for us and the health that goes with that, and we hope to go into those du'a. Inshallah, for now, the meaning, the, the 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 word, the Arabic words of that du'a is: "Qafranak alhamdulillahi ladi azhaba 'anni wa afani." So may Allah grant that to become a reality in our lives, inshallah, that we make these to us and I hope tomorrow to be able to give the meaning of that dua to us, inshallah. Shukran, Jazakallah for that one. Yasmina, going to the other uh, um, topic, the topic of, of uh, um, leadership in Islam. In last week we managed to cover the, the issue of leadership in Islam. And, and, and uh, we, we looked at the, the topic called communication. And in the communication, we dealt with certain things in that communication. We came to the aspect of letting us understand in the sense of communication that Allah wa ta'ala wants us to be able to have a relationship with that of what our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the kindness of Allah ta'ala in our life, that when we communicate. And Allah has shown us how the Nabi ﷺ has been kind and merciful with his people, and how the rest of this Ummah must be able to have the same effect of kindness of care of love, compassion, and to be merciful when we deal with people now. When we show kindness, we go out of our way, we do positivities to others. And Merely's merciful is that process of when we get negative responses from other people, we do not go out to be able to show them negativity as well. We show them Uh, We persevere that and that's the mercy that we have, right? May Allah grant us to be of those people. That is the tariqa of our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that when we deal in Communication with others these two qualities is major in the process of us as muslimin That we must endeavor to establish within us the sense of kindness with others to always care and to be compassionate and to be able to show that kindness and care, care that we have with others. And to be able, when people respond to us uncomfortably, that we don't give responses back to them in uncomfortably. That we actually become as as merciful as possible, gentle, kind with them, knowing that they did something wrong, knowing that they were wrong against us, but we don't do the thing of... Uh, um, If you treat me bad, I will treat you bad as well, right? We as Muslims, alhamdulillah, if you treat me bad, I must try to treat you better than that many more times. May may Allah open the path for all of us. And with a hope that we can actually grow and develop and that when we do the positivity to others, That Allah Ta'ala, we beg of Allah, allow this person to see where he or she has done the wrong so that they can become better and that we can benefit from one another. That all of us as Muslims can have the heart of being careful and considerate and to always think myself, I need much more. I have positivities in me, but I lack so much more The amount of t- p- positivities I lack is million times more than what I have I have good qualities, but there's others who always have better qualities than me And they have tons and tons of the amount of good qualities in them that I don't have So yes, I might have certain good qualities, and I have good qualities, it's the truth But there's other people who have other good qualities as well And the reality is, I don't have good qualities only. I have positive qualities. And there's also negative qualities Allah has created me with. That's in me, that I live with. But I must strive to want to come to acknowledge them, submit them to nobody else but to myself, and admit to them that this is my faults and my errors and my shortcomings and my weakness my Lord has created me with. And my Lord wants me to know it and to identify it. And my Lord says, that my Lord will assist me to overcome it if I'm prepared to want to admit it to nobody else but to myself. And so that my Lord can assist me to overcome those things. May Allah grant khair and to all of us, inshaAllah. And may Allah open the path. And so, Allah Ta'ala has created us with positivities and negativities. But the means of communication is a sense that we need to be able to recognize. My positives, I can be kind and gentle and sweet and loving and caring with other people And at the same time, I might even be uncomfortable with them And not realizing, not meaning it for that matter But if I am, that I need to be able to have the capacity that Allah grants me To be able to see my own weaknesses And for me to grow from there to become a better person That I can become better with others and others can feel better with me May Allah open the path and thus Allah has shown what has happened to the Nabi sallallahu and how Allah has helped them, the people in the time of the Nabi sallallahu for them to overcome the processes to become the good people in love and to benefit ourselves and others as we go along. In the words of our Nabi sallallahu it comes clear that our Nabi sallallahu Alaihi has shown us how Allah has made us as human beings. And how Allah wants us in the sense of communication that we communicate beautiful and good with other people. Let's listen to the words of Allah in the sense of communication of what Allah has done to Nabi Musa. Allah has given the load to Nabi Musa under on one sense to be able to, to speak to Fir'aun and to interact and relate to Fir'aun and he was a severe tyrant. In the one verse Allah shows us how Nabi Musa submits to Allah and he begs of Allah and he says to Allah, Rabbi Shrahli Sadri, You know O oh, Allah, this 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 challenge is given me to be able to go to to Firaun and to speak to him and to tell him what your law in your order is, O oh, Allah. It's not easy. But broaden this chest of mind so that I can fulfil that duty. He's not saying, Oh Allah, you're giving me a duty a difficult task. He's admitting the fact that this is what you've put onto me, O Allah. You've given me this load. I have to accept it. I embrace it. I accept it. I know I must love it. It is a reality. It's given to me. He says, but broad, I need certain things. One of the things broaden my chest for me, O Allah. Meaning, grant me the capacity to enhance it, to embrace it, to take it, and to bear the uncomfort that goes with it. Grant me that. And yes, Allah has that power. And you and I will always be in need of that. So we don't ever cry about something or make an issue about it. Yes, but I, but look at this. That is not Islam. We are not growing in Islam. We're not becoming the leaders of Islam. We're not showing leadership to the rest of the world. We're crying unnecessary. And we make a big hoo-ha about some things, which is very, very easy. All we need to do is to turn to Allah. Show Allah that we cannot without. But listen to this. Listen to this hadith. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, every time you make salah, you and me, part of our leadership is to recognize that we've got certain powers and we've got certain rights and we've got certain abilities which we can make use of. But you know when you finish your salah, the best, Nabi says to the Sahabi, I love you. So please, I beg of you, for every time you've made salah, go to Allah and beg from Allah. Don't let one salah come to an end, or unless you beg from Allah this. The Sahabi was listening, and the Nabi said, "Say to Allah, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrik wa shukrik wa Oh Allah, I beg you, grant me, assist me, help me. I need your help. I need your assistance. Please, O oh I beg you, assist me and help me. Just to remember you. And just to be appreciative to all your favors. And to be a person who does righteous deeds. And to be a person. I need your help for that. Or oh Allah, if I don't get your help, I might not be doing it. I might just go astray. But I beg you help me with it I beg you let me say to the Sahabi I love you and because of my love for you I want you to beg of Allah that every time you made salah isn't it things that's very easy to remember Allah to say thank you to Allah and to do good deeds isn't that very easy yet it might appear to you and me to be very easy nay 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 it is not very easy not if Allah don't give you that ability, not if you don't have the help and assistance of Allah. So for all the things and the challenges and the problems and the issues of life that you and I need to develop with, it happens to having the support of Allah is having to have that commitment with Allah that reliance on Allah that dependence from Allah the fact that you cannot do it and you won't be able to do it and you don't have the capacity to do it except with the help of Allah so that makes us Muslim and when you do the thing and you get the help of Allah you get maximum value you get to the maximum you get better than anybody else or everybody else but if you have your commitment with Allah if you think you can make dhikr on your own then you, then the kibir is so deep in your heart and you and shaitan is probably the same. But if you trust you cannot make dhikr but besides Allah's help and Allah granting you then Allah can give you maximum value of that. And if you think you can say thank you on your own then you cannot and you and shaitan is probably the very very same because your kibir is too great to be able to admit that you need Allah. And if you want to do good deeds and you think that you do it out of your own, then you and shaitan is very much the same. It's probably your blood and the blood of shaitan runs in the same way. May Allah protect all of us. I want us to understand that in leadership, the recognition for needing Allah at all times and that we call on Allah and beg from Allah and have no sense of kibber of what I'm doing. May Allah protect us. And so thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed us as muslims if we have sub, if you are subdued and with, with your uh, approach and when allah send musa to fir'aun you need to say rabbi shrah Sadari, broaden my chest for this laden and load that you're going to put onto me allah wa li amri and this load that you're going to put on me make it easy for me make it uh, grant it to become easy even though it's difficult لِي وَحْلُ And remove the difficulty from my tongue. يَفْقَهُ That the people that I'm speaking to can perceive and understand my message. سُبْحَانَكُ وَلَا إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That Allah tells us what Allah has given to Nabi Musa has Allah placed in his heart because the challenges Allah has given him, he had to go to Fir'aun. And in another ayah Allah tells him, Allah tells Nabi Musa, and Allah says to him, when you go to Fir'aan, Fakullahu كَوْلًا لَيِّنَا When you deal with Fir'aun, then treat him gentle and kind. Now you know Musa. Oh Musa, you know you're going to deal with the worst tyrant of the time. He's the worst tyrant at, at that time. You're going to deal with the worst tyrant. Similarly we have today people that is the worst of tyrants in our time. Ya now the billah. May Allah protect all of us that we don't become the worst tyrants. But when you and I communicate with others through the process of having to bring leadership, you and I will not be Musa. You and I will not be Musa. We're also not going to deal with Fir'aun. We might deal with good people. We might be even dealing with the worst of tyrants. But Allah Ta'ala encourages and says to us Even if it is the worst of tyrants You deal with him gently and kindly And be merciful in your approach Meaning don't be harsh in the way you deal with him Imagine this is Fir'aun And Allah says to us deal with him gently What then the person that you and I deal with Who will never ever be Fir'aun Subhanak la hawla wa (inaudible) la quwwata illa billah and so may Allah grant khair and Barakah to all of us and allow us to be able to see the means of that gentleness and kindness that we need to apply through the process of that sense of communication. Shukran and for that aspect. The Yasmina we need to go to another aspect, and that the other aspect is the aspect of when you and I communicate with people, a part of our communication is to be able to give advice. Advice is a norm. And in, in actual fact, Allah shows us in the Holy Qur'an that advice was the format use of the, of the Prophets prior to us. Right? They've only given advice. Right? Now, we, we, we know uh, advice in one verse, Allah says to us, ذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَةً Remind one another, for reminders, benefits, those people who have iman, when it comes to advice, then advice is slightly different than the remi- a reminder. Is something of something that you and I already have the, the knowledge of. We were taught it already. We were reminded of those. We were advised of those things already. We were instructed to of those things already. We know those things already, and then we get a reminder. Islam says to us we need to be able to establish a sense of reminders because when we give it to the people and they are believers then it will benefit them so we need to see that we you and I need to become believers in our hearts true believers so when anybody gives us advice gives us reminders whether they are young or whether they are old if they remind us of positivity we have the right to absorb that to take that in to embrace that and to live with that because we accept that to be good because when it's good, when it's advice uh, the, uh, Reminders that's good to us Allah says it benefits those people Who have Iman, may Allah grant us to be Those people who have Iman inshaAllah And In it comes to the issue of Advice giving Advice giving has been the method of the, uh, the Message On the messengers, all of them Were giving us advice, part of that Advice was reminders and part of that Advice is to be able to Bring us back onto the path of Allah to bring us back from our jahiliyyah, from our dark ages and from our stage that we live in and the things that we live by, we bring change to when it comes to Allah and His Rasul. We take it to that level where Allah and Rasul is the advisors as the best of advice for us. May Allah grant us to be of those inshallah.
1: Amen. Inshallah. We are in our last segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. We are in our last segment being leadership in Islam and its progression and i hand you over to Sheikh to continue inshallah. Sheikh.
0: Um, yes, we just before the break, we reminded ourselves of the fact that uh, what happened to, to Allah to the showing to us the role that happened to Fir'aun and how Nabi Musa had to deal with the issues of Fir'aun and then we went over to the aspect of feedback, I, I'm sorry, we went to the aspect of uh, um, in, in the communication, we went to the subject called nasiha, giving advice to one another. And I, I, I want to go to a hadith of the Nabi Wasallam, that's a very common hadith. A hadith wherein the Nabi sallallahu said to us, Our deen is all about nasihah. The deen is all about giving advice. Meaning, this, if you're a Muslim, advice giving must be a common thing that we need to live with. And, 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 and so this, had, this hadith has got more than one relation. In the one hadith, in the one it says, الدين Nasiha and then the Sahaba asked the Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what do you mean that this deen is nasiha? For who is the nasiha? And From from, from who side, the Nabi sallallahu The nasiha needs to come from the side of the, from Allah ta'ala, and from His Kitab, and from His Nabi, and from the ulama, and the, the, the great scholars, the scholars of the time. And from the, the ordinary people. So, advice taking advice is a common thing, and advice giving should be a common thing, and we should always give advice. Now, in in, in in the process of understanding that, we need to be able to have advice nasiha all the time. For this deen is all about nasiha. We see when we live the life of. People who don't give nasihah to one another, then things will become topsy turvy and things become so havoc where Islam is concerned that everybody can just do what they want to. And we tend not to give advice to one another. Na'udhu billah, may Allah protect all of us. In the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or in the advice of Allah in the Quran. We see Nabihud speaks to his people and says to his people, that, I deliver to you the message of my Lord and I am to you a sincere adviser. That says Nabihud, uballigukum risalati Rabbi wa anna lakum nasi'hun amin. Subhanak la Hawla wa la Quwwata illa billah. In in Allah shows us in the same surah. Where Allah tells us about what Nabi Sha'ib said to his people, He says, He says, I delivered to you, my people, uh, the message of my Lord, and I gave to you good advice. And then he says, the situation is with you people is you don't love those people who give you reminders or who gives you advice. Allah billah. Allah mentions to us in the Holy Quran. And and and, and we to need to ask ourselves a question. Where do we fit in? Where do you and I fit in as Muslims? Are we the people who like advice? Do we give advice And do we listen to advice May Allah grant us to become Worthy of that May Allah grant us to recognize that we need to see that Now what Allah shows us In the process of advice When there's been people other than ours Before and they did Not allow themselves to give Advice or to even take Advice then unfortunately Allah destroyed them And they went backwards Example, the situation that happened to the Jewish nation, the children of Nabí Musa, and his, the offsprings of them, has become so uncomfortable that they are not people that want to give good advice. They wouldn't mind to corrupt the world, to destroy the world, to be able to bring everybody, everybody under disobedience, disrespectful, and to expose everybody to every sin and every harm. They've got no positivity, no good in them. They've got nothing of good in them. And the reasons why? Allah says, they stop giving advice to their children. They stop advising the younger generation. They didn't realize that how important it is that advice may be living amongst them. Similarly, it happens in our times and our day as part of the necessity of leadership is to be able to understand communication in that leadership is a it's not a maybe Allah emphasizes it on the importance of you and I, part of that communication is that advice giving must come back amongst us. You and I must see, you and I as the leaders of the day and time, you are a leader. Our nebis says you are, are a leader. You're not going to become, you You. don't have the democratic right to say yes but or yes and nay. You are each and every one of us listening. You and I, each and one, every one of us, we are leaders of the time. And we ought to be the role models of the day and time. And we're supposed to give the true Islamic message in our character, in our behavior, in our mannerism and in our care and our love for the rest of humanity in Islam. And so by necessity, by fart, by not an option by the necessity of this deen you and I must bring advice, being the advisors to our younger generation and that we must strive to be Muslims in our character, in our behavior in our things that we do, in the way that we speak, and the way that we interact, and we must remind, for the reality is, or the law of nature is, if you and I don't bring back, Advice in our society Our children will not be able to bring back Advice to their children And generations of the adjacent generations Will be going backwards and backwards And back backwards And darkness will settle in them And they will be going further away from the true Islam And they will be getting gross in the world And Shaytan, And they will meet up with all the negativities And they might even be part of Dajjal And his army And they might even be destroyed in the process May Allah Allah protect this is not what Allah wants, and thus Allah says, Our Nabi sallallahu wa says, Kullukum ra'in. Leadership is a reality that each of, and every one of you must embrace. We must embrace leadership. And leadership means we must be leaders to be able to allow the others to become leaders in the future and they can be the role models of the future and they can take over the true Dean and follow the love for the Allah and his Rasul to become the leaders of those who leave behind a legacy that is positive so that Islam can flourish in the future insha'Allah may Allah grant that to happen and so one of those aspects in communication of a necessity in in the life of a Muslim is to see that we have the sense of advice giving. Allow me just to share with you what happens to us in the, or what happened to us some time ago we are
1: in our last segment of being leadership in Islam is progression and Sheikh just before that Sheikh um, before our leadership in Islam grew, before we went on to that we were in the topic I'm a Muslim what is expected of me we were speaking about uh, the toilet being a negative zone with regards to no talking and so forth and then Sheikh here is a message that came through and a question mark that came through and uh, this person says Assalamualaikum Sheikh so there's absolutely no reason from quran in bathroom even if toilet is separate shukran
0: okay mashaallah um, la wa la illa billah we have indicated very clearly that, that there is no talking in any format that we should be doing within a toilet right the same, same same would happen to the sense of when you go into a bathroom especially if our modern bathrooms today you actually leave your clothing off you undress yourself, you open yourself, you open your private parts, it's all open. So it's also very much that you should be making the same similar to our prior to entering there. And because of the circumstances, and because of the fact that that is where shaitan abuses man, it's recommended that a person doesn't do any form of any form of communication, uh, other than having to have a pure heart and cleansing your and doing the things for the sake of Allah. It's strongly recommended. Otherwise, we open up the door for shaitan to be able to interact. And do you know that shaitan is so, uh, we are so vulnerable, and shaitan is so accurate and precise. He would not leave off a moment that there is that he can reap benefit out of, right? And he, the moment he sees that we are in a weak spot, in the negative zones, which is the toilet and the bathroom It's part of that negative zone He opens and and you and I Sort of uh, hope to be able to say Let me see what I can do here Then that's your means of compromise with Him And He allows you to compromise with Him And He just enjoys it Because He, can take us to far, he takes us further away From the path of Allah May Allah protect all of us And may Allah grant us to be of those Who want to follow the righteous path Shukran, Shukran
1: so much for that, Sheikh. And then also, we are in our last segment, leadership in Islam and its progression. You can send through your questions to four seven nine one three. Alternatively, WhatsApp one zero seven two two three eight zero seven is a few questions that came through and says, "Salam, Sheikh. Can we ask Allah for help in any language after the Salah?" Shukran.
0: Can we ask Allah for help in the uh, of the salah? insha'Allah? we hope to be able to go to the su- subject of salah and to deal with those things, having these uh, pertinent moments right through the salah that we can make sal- uh, dua and we can beg of Allah and ask for Allah's. We're going to do that at the appropriate moment. There, if you do not mind, not that we, yes, but we can speak to Allah after the salah according to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi What is now. You can say to Allah and you beg of Allah any probable thing from your personal self in any language you want to speak to Allah with.
1: Shukran, so much for that, Sheikh. I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh now to continue leadership in his progressions before time catches up with us. Sheik yes, there is, is very,
0: very, little time, so allow me just to share this advice that I wanted to share with our community out there. Allow me to tell you what has happened many years ago. Now, you and I remember the day to visit an Ibu Kaab in an in the areas, and then years after that, we had to move from there and we were scattered through the Western. Okay, right? Um under the circumstances th- that there has been in the day and time. But allow me to show you how you and I were reared. How when you and I came to the fact that you are Muslim and we are Muslim today. It reminds me of an occasion from the one side of how our children had to go and play football or they had to go and play cricket. And then they had a Buddha Peter, Buddha Peter was he was he was coach of this. And was to what was funny funny uh uh he areas and am Hanover starts and he took us to the place where we st- learned how to be able to do the work of the the, the cricket playing. And we were whilst we were playing there, the the alarm to be went off, and when the alarm went off, to see Buddha Peter was am off in sit net still, am off in your still. And show respect to the adhan. And amongst us was Muslims and non-Muslims. But Peter was the one as, as the, the 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 coach, and he made sure. And he went to sit down, and he told everybody sit down, and we all sat down. And after the adhan went off, if there was Muslim adults amongst us, the Muslim edul- adults went to the mosque, and they went. With, with, with we the kids, um it and for us we to op But Buddha Peter has made sure that when the adhan goes off, it's a necessity that he gives us the advice that we must all sit down. And even he sat down, and then thereafter he carried on. I'm sure there's more than that that we can share with you of advice. May Allah grant us to be able to realize Buddha Peter was not Muslim. But he saw the necessity of the lifestyle that he got when he was a child, in the circumstances of the book-up and and and, and Hanoverstrasse area, where the Muslims were and they had a profound effect on him, that he came to carry over the message and most probably... Your parents and mine became Muslim thereafter. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us khair and Barakah. So we've come to the end of this program. And we've we come to realize the essence and the importance of advice in our life, inshaAllah, that we strive to bring that advice back to our life. Allow me to remind you and say thank you to those people who participated in the workshop for last week, this weekend past. Thank you very, very much for your co- cooperation and participation there. We want to say to you we're going to have our next workshop area. The process is going to be in, in inshallah in the Athlone area. Um, in
1: uh, St. Athen's, Saint Athens Othens
0: Othens. Othens mosque, inshallah. Shuken for that one, and Yasmina. And inshallah, we hope that more people is going to participate there, inshallah. And that happens to be on the 1st of April. Uh, but in two weeks' time from now, we're having our excursion. That's on the 26th of, of March, inshallah. And we hope to see many, many more people participating in that. May Allah grant and baraka, And we hope to share the details of that with you as from this week insha'Allah. May Allah open the path insha'Allah and let's make the final du'a. bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim wa al-Asr Innal insana la fi husr illa allazina amanu wa wa s watawa watawasaw wa watawasaw bil sabr wa sallallahu ala wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik walhamdulillahi rabbil ala
1: Alhamdulillahi well, alamin. From myself, Yasmina Peterson along Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio. As we bid you, assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and have a great day further.